Let's ask God to help us as we hear from his word tonight. Dear Lord God, as we look at the Bible today, please help us to grow deeper in our knowledge of and love for Jesus. Please help us to listen and to apply your word. And please help me as I say these words that I would speak in love and truth. We pray that you would encourage us and challenge us with your word today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. My friend Shane was a good man, a good Christian man. He was on the youth leadership team, he led Bible studies, he led the church's drama group, he led the singing in church, he sang with passion like the words were his own. He was a good Christian man. Something happened to Shane along the way. Shane decided that being gay was more important than being a Christian. Shane gave up on his faith. My friend Michael was a good man, a good Christian man. He would tell you things from the Bible. He would sing to God with passion. He helped me out with some work so I had money that I could go to Bible college. He had big dreams for serving God. He had a good Christian marriage. He was a good Christian man. Something happened to Michael along the way. He decided that being Jewish was was more important than being a Christian. Michael gave up on his faith. My friend Dan was a good man, a good Christian man. He had a deep love for God. He would play his guitar, he would sing songs to God, his face would shine as he sang. He loved to do this and he encouraged others with his passion for God. He was a good Christian man. Something happened to Dan along the way. He decided the New Age movement, crystals and other things were more important than being a Christian. And Dan, Dan gave up on his faith. The history of Christianity is littered with stories of shipwrecks, shipwrecked faiths. Around you tonight are empty spaces in the pews. Spaces that were once occupied by people who said they trusted in Jesus but who now think something else is more important. Something else is more important to them than their faith. You see, Christianity, it's like running a race. It's a running race. It's not the 100-metre sprint. It's not even the 1,500-metre middle-distance event. It's a marathon. It's a race for the rest of your life. And for many, the race is too hard. The race is too long. They can't make the distance. They drop out. They lose. What about you? Have you ever felt like quitting the race? Have you ever thought it was too much? This musty old faith from over 2,000 years? This Jesus who never seems to come back? Have you ever wanted to give it up? Or what about now? Are you on the precipice? Are you thinking, why am I here? What is the point? I could be doing what I want with my time. Or do you think, that could be me? Do you see the empty space near you, the space that was once occupied by your friend, your friend who used to serve God but gave up? And you think, that could be me. 
I could be the person who gave it all away. And inside, if you ask yourself deeply enough, if you're honest enough, part of you wonders if one day it will be you. Will the space you are sitting on be an empty pew? Because you didn't finish the race. You gave up. You lost. Well, tonight we're looking at a short passage from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 1 and 2. And if you haven't found it in your Bibles, you can find it on page 852 of the small print Bible and 1877 of the larger print Bible. Now, I'm not sure if you know about the book of Hebrews, but it's actually a letter. We don't know who wrote this letter, but we know it is written to Jewish Christians who were struggling. If we were to read through Hebrews, we would find out they were scattered and were suffering persecution. They were being insulted and treated badly. They had their property taken off them and were put into prison, all because they were Christian. They endured all the suffering because they knew their faith and their reward for trusting Jesus was greater. It was greater than anything they owned. It was greater than their very life. But it is all happening again. And now they want to give up. Now they want to quit. Now they have forgotten how faithful God has been. Now they have forgotten the hope they have in Jesus. Now they have stopped running the race and faced losing it. Now they have taken their eyes off Jesus and put them firmly on their own circumstances. Now their possessions, their houses and their life has become more important to them than Jesus is. And this passage in Hebrews 12 is a call to them, a call to run the race, a call to remember the faithfulness of God, a call to focus on Jesus. It is a call not to give up, but persevere. It is a call to them. It is also a call to us. The passage opens with the word, therefore. Now, therefore is a word which looks both back and forward. It tells you to look at a lesson that has occurred and make changes in your life. Imagine, for example, that there is a thief in your local neighbourhood and many people have had their possessions stolen. Therefore, make sure your house is locked up securely. It tells you that people have had goods stolen and it reveals something you should do to take action to prevent the same thing happening to you. There is no difference in this passage. The therefore here refers to what has been written previously and also points the Jewish Christian readers to make changes in their life. And what it is pointing to is a previous chapter, Hebrews chapter 11. This is a famous chapter all about faith. The chapter gives examples of people who the passage says achieved things by faith, who despite their failures, who despite something, sometimes making poor choices, who despite never receiving what they were promised, were commended for their faith. These people are witnesses, and there's not one or two of them, there's a whole cloud of them, and they are witnessing to one thing, to how faithful God has been. For they know that God was faithful to them. They know it was God who took them through. It was God who helped them achieve. It was God who was faithful when they failed. They are witnesses to his goodness, his glory, and his grace. They are witnesses to his faithfulness. 
They are surrounding the Jewish Christians and with their witness to the faithfulness of God, they are all around them. It is as if they are urging them on to run the race, to persevere, to keep on going, to not give up. Look with me at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And so this cloud of witnesses surrounds him like a huge grandstand full of supporters, like the full grandstand at the recent World Cup final, full of cheering supporters urging their heroes on to greatness. Except this grandstand has names like Abraham and Moses and David, and they are cheering about how faithful God is, and they are cheering about how God led them, how God helped them, how his grace is what led them on, how he was so faithful to them. And if they could do it, how much more... Can these Christians do it? These Jewish Christians? For they have something these heroes did not have. They have something these heroes could only but dream about. They have the fullness of the revelation of God and Jesus. They have Jesus. And so this cloud of witnesses urges him to go on with the race, to run the race, to persevere. It tells them they need to throw off. It tells them they need to persevere. It tells them they need to fix their eyes on Jesus. And it tells them why, why they should do this. And it tells us as well, this cloud of witnesses is still cheering of the faithfulness of God to us, to urge us on to run the race. And it is telling us to throw off, to persevere and to fix our eyes upon Jesus. And it begins by saying, you can't run this marathon if you have things in your life that are hindering you. And you can't run this race if you are tangled up in knots of sin. And it's time to dump all that. It's time to get rid of all that. To eliminate all that is hindering you from running the race as well. You never see an Olympic athlete running a marathon in a three-piece suit holding an umbrella and a briefcase. So we must get rid of all that is holding us back. All that is hindering us. All that is tangling us. Look again at Hebrews 12 and verse 1. Verse 1, and we'll do from the top again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So what is it that is hindering you? What is it that is tangling you? What is wrapping you up in so many knots that is threatening to strangle the very faith from your life? What is stopping you from running the race? For what it... What it is, it needs to be cut out from your life. And maybe it's a television set. And maybe it's the internet. And maybe it's a smartphone sitting in your pocket right now. You know, the one that you haven't checked for at least four minutes. But you're really wanting to check it now. Maybe it's a relationship that is not what God has designed for you and wants you to have. Whatever it is, you need to cut it off. You need to cut it out. For if it entangles you, it will choke you and it will trip you up. It will prevent you from running the race and you may well end up disqualified and with nothing. Your race is not just an Olympic marathon. It's far more important than that. It's the story of your life. It is your eternal destiny. And so, for you to run, for you to run this marathon... You need to throw aside all that hinders, all that entangles, and then run with perseverance. The witnesses are urging you on. 
They are saying, if we could do it, so can you. God was faithful to us, he will be faithful to you. Look again at Hebrews 12 and verse 1. And let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. God wants you to run. He wants you to persevere, to keep on going. And perseverance means that throwing off the thing that hinder you and the sin that entangles you is not a one-off. It's not something you do one time and then forget about. For, like one of those vines that wrap itself around fences and houses, sin comes back and tangles itself around you. And it seems to do it very quickly. And Christians seem to have a chronic case of ADHD. For we are distracted from the gospel easily and quickly. Running with perseverance is seeking God regularly. It's talking to him regularly. It's having a continual relationship of repentance. It's having our feet washed from the daily stench of life by the purity of the Saviour's love. Running with perseverance is dragging yourself away from that which threatens to distract you. It is asking the question, is that good for my Christian life? It's being disciplined enough to say no when no is required. Running with perseverance requires more than an hour a week on a Sunday. Running with perseverance is a relationship that's built on daily. And the foundation of that relationship is the focus. For as those men of old are cheering in the background, as they are witnessing to the faithfulness of God, they are also telling you something else. They are saying, we didn't see it all. You have something better than us. You have something we could only dream about. You have the fulfilment of the revelation of God. So they cheer you on not to look at them, but they cheer you on about the faithfulness of God and urge you to focus not on what happened to them, but to focus on Jesus. For Jesus is the key. Jesus is the one. Jesus is the one who wrote the very faith that you have. It was written in his blood. Jesus is the one who is the source of your faith. It all begins with him. And Jesus is the one who perfects your faith. He is the one who makes your faith your life complete. You need Jesus. You need to focus on Jesus. Look at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Verse 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. When an athlete is running a marathon, he doesn't think of what happened last week. He doesn't dwell on his training. He thinks about the finish line. His focus is on the podium. He has a vision of the gold medal. He has a vision of victory, a vision of completion. Our finish line is Jesus. Jesus is the one. It is our relationship with Jesus that matters, that is important. That is what helps us run this race. It is what makes you win the race. Fixing your eyes upon Jesus and Jesus only, not on your own life, not on things that give you temporary happiness, There is nothing else that you can sacrifice your life for that will bring you a safe and happy eternity. Focusing on Jesus will lead you to serving him, to throwing aside the things that hinder you, to persevering, to running. As we focus our eyes on Jesus, we know he wrote our faith, that he is the author of it, but he is also the perfecter of it. Just as a runner hones his skill by running, as an athlete perfects his skill by training, So too, for us, as we focus on Jesus, we are perfected. As we throw aside the things that hinder us, we are perfected. As we cut out the sins that entangle us, 
we are perfected. As we persevere through thick and thin, we are perfected. Jesus is our source and our perfecter. But to be fair, there are some questions that we have, aren't there? The Jewish Christians certainly had questions. Why is it such a struggle? Why do I have to suffer? Why do I have to lose my property? Why do I have to be thrown in prison? Why do I have to lose my life? And we have questions as well. Why does being a Christian mean I can't do whatever I want? Why can't I do what my mates do? Why can't I have that relationship with the girl? Why can't I be with that guy? What's so wrong with being with them? Why can't I do what I want when I want? And why should I have to put up with people mocking me? And why do I need to tell everyone about it anyway? Faith is private, no one needs to know. And the cloud of witnesses roars back that God is faithful. And the cloud of witnesses points you to Jesus. And the cloud of witnesses says, do you really think you have suffered? Well, we suffered, and yet we suffered nothing in comparison to Jesus. And when you look at what Jesus gave up for you, when you realise what he did for you, when you realise what he was willing to give for you, when you focus on Jesus, it all changes. For he gave up a glorious place in heaven, and he suffered shame. He suffered the humiliation of death on a cross at the hands of humanity. He endured it. He endured the agony of being separated from God the Father. Jesus suffered it for us. Look at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Verse 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus was willing to die on the cross because of the joy set before him. He was willing to endure the shame because of the joy set before him. What was that joy? The joy of sitting at the right hand of God. The joy of finishing his race. The joy that he persevered and he did it for his father. And that joy he could share with us. That we could share in his glory and his honour. That we could be restored into right relationship with his father because of what he did. That his sacrifice would bring us back. That his shame would result in us having an eternal hope. He scorned the shame because of the joy. He said the suffering is nothing because of the joy. He was willing to give up so much and he did it for us. He did it for you. And as the Jewish Christian protests, as they choked on their words, the silences of his triumph screaming louder than their self-serving arguments. Jesus suffered far more than they could ever suffer. He's given them something more than mere possessions. He's given them an eternal home worth far more than a mere house. He's given them eternal life far more than this life. His sacrifice urged them to run, to persevere and to not give up. What about us? A bit embarrassing really, isn't it? Living in such a prosperous land, we have all we want. We're still not content. We still want more. We still whinge about being single about being married, about not being able to do what you want to do, about not having children, about having too many children, about living life your own way, about not being able to have the latest gadget, about having to go out of your way to help someone, about having to spend time away from the TV or the internet because someone wants you to go to church or Bible study. Always to whinge. 
So these words are really, really choking on our tongues now, aren't they? They really sound weak and useless. In the light of what Jesus has done, they are pointless and they are garbage. Jesus suffered more than you can ever imagine. Jesus did more for you than anyone ever has or ever will do. Jesus has given you everything, all you need. Jesus has given you an eternal hope, an eternal future, an eternal destiny. So don't just stand there. Run. Don't just sit there with your backpack full of weights on your back. Throw it off. Don't let the forest of vines growing around your feet trip you up. Cut them off. Don't focus on other things. Focus on Jesus. Don't focus on your need for a relationship. Don't focus on your need for children. Don't focus on what you think is good for you. Focus on Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Serve Jesus. And run. Run that race. Run that marathon. Run the race of your life. For God is faithful. God will take you through. And you are. You are not alone. The stands of witnesses are cheering you on. Your brothers and your sisters in Christ are cheering you on. And Jesus is urging you to run. To run with perseverance. And to run all the way home. Let's pray. Lord God, we pray, help us to live for you. Help us to have our focus on you. Help us to cast aside the things that hinder us. Help us to put aside the sins that entangle us. Forgive us for putting other things before you. Forgive us for getting tangled up by sin. Forgive us for not persevering. Forgive us for not focusing our eyes on Jesus. Help us, we pray. We need you, God. We need Jesus more than anything, more than possessions, more than people, more than anything. We pray that we would live with our eyes fixed on Jesus, that we would run the race with perseverance, that we would live above all for Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.